Well, come on in, grab your seats. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Galatians chapter five. It's toward the back of the book if you're new to the Bible, Galatians is. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be on the screen, so no sweat there. Uh, I guess I should introduce myself for those of you who are new. I'm Daniel Grothy, pastor here at Friday night. We are thrilled that you are with us tonight. Uh, so week eight of our series, The Revolutionary Gospel, going through Paul's book to the Galatians. So hear the word of the Lord. What I'll do is I'll read Galatians 5, 13 through 26, and then I'll pray and we'll jump in. Here's what Paul said to the Galatian believers. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Everyone say the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. All of the Old Testament boils down to this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Everyone say the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of what? The flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit desires what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. He goes on to say the acts of the flesh are obvious. You've got sexual immorality, you have impurity and debauchery, you have idolatry and witchcraft, you have hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. There's drunkenness, orgies, and the like. That's the act of the flesh. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. The stakes are high, says Paul. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. You've got the works of the flesh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing there is, things there is no law. And then he closes by saying, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. This is the word of the Lord, and all God's people said, wow. <laughs> Let's pray, Lord, let this word live. Let this word work. Let this word change. Let this word transform. Let this word overturn the tables in our hearts that need to be overturned. Let this word heal us to the deepest places. Let this word convict and instruct and encourage and reprove and correct. Lord, let your word do what it does and we ask you to make us like Jesus tonight. That's the cry of our heart is we wanna be more like Jesus. So Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And we pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. amen. I love the Bible. Some of you are like, well, you're a pastor. I'm glad to hear that. 
Uh, but I just love the Bible. I've been, I'm, I'm 30, I'll turn 39 on Monday. And grown up, yes, praise the Lord. I know, know some of you thought I was 59, but I'm, I'll be 39. Um, grown up in a pastor's home, and so we, we read the scriptures and went to a Christian school and memorized you know, a bunch of it. And I just, the Bible's so fantastic. And what I love about the Bible is just how living it is and dynamic it is and how much it'll surprise you. And one of my favorite preachers, he's been preaching for 50 years, and he says, you know, I, as a, a preacher of this text, I come back around to it every year, and he preaches through the lectionary, so he's looking at the same texts in three-year cycles in his church that he preaches in. He said, well, you know, what kind of God do you have to be to, 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 for someone who have, has preached 50 years through these same texts, what kind of God do you have to be to be able to surprise someone like God constantly surprises me? He says, I've seen these stories, I've read these stories, I've memorized many of these stories, and every single time I come to these stories, they just tip me on my side, they catch me off guard, they surprise me. God is the God who will surprise us. And this week in Galatians 5, I've been reading this one. I memorized this as a kid. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. God. Like, I've been in this text a long time, but this week I saw something that I've never seen before in Galatians 5. It's hit me differently. This fruit of the Spirit passage, it's iconic, but very often the way we treat it as if it's, it, we treat it as if it's some precious moments, you know, meme, you know. <laughs> Praise God. The fruit of the Spirit is just so precious and love and joy and kumbaya and let's gather around and hug each other. And like we, we act as if this is like some precious text, but I want you to see how incredibly gritty this passage is. There's this con contestation here. There's a fight here. There's the flesh crashing against the spirit and the spirit pushing back against the flesh. And there's there, there's, I mean, just for context, I want you to see how gritty this passage is. And the Bible is full of stories uh, that are gritty. And what I want you to see particularly about the Bible is just how many stories there are of people hurting each other. Like really, really hurting each other. Genesis 3 Adam and Eve, you know the story, it turns, God comes, where are you? And what do they immediately do? They start pointing the finger at each other. Stupid woman, idiot man, fighting, the first couple. Cain, they're boys. Cain kills Abel, Genesis four. I mean, like right out the gates, we see how absolutely violent we can be to each other, how, how, how much we can crush each other and hurt each other. And you've got Sarah, you know, Father Abraham, he didn't have many sons at first and he was 99 and, and no sons from Sarah. And so before that, you got Hagar and Ishmael, right? And, and Sarah, she's just destroying Hagar's life and trying to make her miserable. And Hagar's trying to leverage the, the son that she was able to give Abraham against Sarah and rub it in her face. And, and you see the fighting Jacob <laughs> coming from Isaac. Jacob and Esau, Genesis 25. Jacob is grabbing at his twin brother's heel as his twin brother comes out first. I mean, these brothers were born in a fight. Genesis 27, Jacob steals Esau's birthright. He deceives his blind father who's on his deathbed at the end and he puts on this animal hair so that he can be hairy like Esau, right? It's just devious. 
how bad we can be to each other. Joseph peacocking around in his coat of many colors, strutting his stuff in front of his brothers. You know, I'm dad's favorite and everybody knows it. And put that in your pipe and smoke it. And I mean, he's just out there working it, you know, sending out the vibe in his coat of many colors. And, and his brothers, what do they do? They, they're just absolutely cruel back to him and they dig a well and they throw him in it and sell him to slave traders who are going to Egypt. And, and Joseph ends up in Pharaoh's dungeons by the hands of his brothers. I mean, how cruel can we be to each other? Saul trying to pin David to the wall with a spear because the hand of the Lord is so obviously on this one David and Saul has been walked away from by God because of Saul's hardened heart. I mean, we just want to, Haman trying to hang Esther on the gallows that he built. Do you see the Bible is full of these stories that show just how brutal we can be to one another. And Paul knows this. And so he says, be filled with the spirit. Stop fighting each other. Stop living against each other. Be filled with the spirit. That's what he's saying here in Galatians chapter five. But the question I wanna ask tonight is what does the spirit's work do in us? If over and over again we're, here, we're hearing be filled with the Spirit, the question is what does the Spirit's work do in us? What I wanna say to you at the beginning and we'll circle back to this at the end is that the infilling of the Spirit is meant to make us a new humanity on this side of eternity. The infilling of the Spirit is meant to make us a new humanity on, the in, on this side of eternity. We know, we know what we will become, right? We, we, we understand when Jesus returns, there's gonna be this dramatic shift. But Paul says on this side of that happening, be filled with the Spirit and become a new humanity. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Now, when we hear Paul talk about the flesh, most of us immediately go to thinking, okay, here goes Paul talking about sexual deviance, which of course he does later, and he mentions that as a part of the list. But I want you to see that Paul is talking about a much larger issue of loving one another. He says, rather, serve one another humbly in love. He says, instead of being like Jacob against Esau, instead of being like Cain against Abel, instead of being like Joseph against his brothers and his brothers against Joseph, instead of living that story, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says, if you bite and devour each other, see this language here? Watch out or you too will be destroyed by each other. The problem here that we see in 520 is hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. I can summarize it like this. The sinful nature causes us to be filled with the unclean spirit of againstness. When the devil gets a hold of our hearts and causes us to live in the flesh, as opposed to living in the spirit, we live with the unclean spirit of againstness. Like watch the world right now. It's just filled with a bunch of againstness. (laughs) People shouting and mad and yelling and accusing and false witness and all the, I mean, we're breaking all the commands against each other. 
The same tongue that we were given, says James, to praise God, we're using it to destroy other people. (laughs) The spirit of againstness is running rampant in the world today. And Paul says, if you will be filled with the spirit, that unholy spirit will be driven out of you. You'll be made clean again. We're we're assuming the worst and we're expecting the worst and we're secretly hoping for the worst for other people. And what's wrong with her? You know, that girl is just jacked up on herself and doped up on the devil, you know? Like she, oh my goodness. Have you seen her feed? I mean, like, and let's not even get into politics. The spirit of againstness. Jesus, have mercy. Like, at some point, when are we gonna get tired of being so mean and so mad and so anxious and so living, looking over our shoulder? Paul says, if you will be filled with the Spirit, you will be for. (laughs) You'll be filled with the Spirit of Jesus. And the question that I wanna ask tonight is, who is the person that you despise the most? Can we ask that in church? Or do we just go, oh, brother. I'm just filled with the love of Jesus and I just wake up in the morning praying and blessing and favor over people. I'm just great in the work. Like, who's the person that you have a hard time with? Who's the person that rubs you the wrong way? Who's the person that you're carrying that offense from seven years ago or from 17 years ago? Who's that person that is living rent-free in your mind? They've moved on and they're not thinking about you, but three in the morning. Who is that person that you have imaginary confrontational conversations with? That will never happen. And I think Paul would ask us, what if God's crazy about them too? What if God sees them as his child too? I hate saying this. Like, I wanna say it to you, but about the people that I'm having a hard time with, what you talking about, Willis? You know, (laughs) like, no, he doesn't. He thinks about them the way I think about them. No, he doesn't. When was the last time you prayed for them? When was the last time you wished them good? And I'm not saying this to you, I'm saying this about us. Because this hurts like hell to live like this. It costs everything, it's not fun. But Paul says, you can give over yourself over to the life of the flesh and it can eat you up and it can spit you out and it can cause you to lose all of your peace that Jesus died for on the cross. Or you can say, you know what, come Holy Spirit and fill me and flush me. Flush me of the toxicity. Flush me free and clean of the poison. Extract the poison from my soul and help me to be more like Jesus. Paul says that the fruit of the Spirit, is, the works of the flesh are, are, are not just you know, all the bad stuff. The works of the flesh are, are going after other people with our words and with our souls. And Paul says you can be filled with the Spirit. You can be clean you can be new. And he says, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify those desires to see other people harmed. 
Walk by the Spirit and you will not be Cain against Abel. Walk by the Spirit and you will not be Saul trying to pin David against the wall. Walk by the Spirit and you won't live your life having those imaginary confrontational conversations and tossing and turning at 3 a.m. because you've got so much pathos racing through your being. Like walk by the Spirit and you won't live like that. And by the way, you'll have a much better life. (laughs) And so what kind of fruit Does the life of the Spirit grow within us? Paul tells us the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. All of these are interpersonal, just so you see, right? There are no fruit of the Spirit in abstractions and in isolation and individualism. The fruit of the Spirit is not so that we can be good individuals. The fruit of the Spirit is so we can create a community on earth as it is in heaven. The fruit of the Spirit is so that we can have a return back to God's dream, for the world. The fruit of the Spirit will undo the curse of Babel and bring us back together as societies. The fruit of the Spirit is love and it's joy. And we need more joy in the world right now, people. We need more peace in the world. We need more patience. For I, God, give me the fruit of the Spirit of patience and forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness and self-control. So he says, be filled with the Spirit. And I want to ask, how are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Paul gives us two images of two trees. How are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Number one, regularly give yourself over to a holy crucifixion. Boy, that sounds wonderful. That's going to be a New York Times bestseller. Your best life now of a holy crucifixion on your own Good Friday. Like, like Paul says, like, die. Get up on the cross with Jesus. Let him flush that out of you. Like, open your arms. Instead of living like this, live like this, he says. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. They they have crucified. I want you to see it's your choice. The power is in your hands. Jesus will not crucify the flesh for you. I always used to think of this as something Jesus was doing in me. Like, yes, the spirit will will enable me, but he says, you crucify the flesh. You put that thing on the cross. You, you die to that old story that you, that the enemy wants you to carry to your grave. In the scriptures, a proper death always precedes new life. So tonight, the call to be filled with the Spirit is to first give yourself over to a holy crucifixion. I'm not here saying it's easy. I'm here saying it's very hard. And what I'm saying is, as you give yourself over to it, you will actually be raised up into life. The first tree that Paul wants us to think about is the tree of crucifixion. Crucify the flesh. Crucify those old stories. The second thing I want you to see, how are we filled with the Spirit? Allow yourself to be rooted in the Spirit of Jesus. Think about Psalm 1. You'll become like trees planted by streams of living water that bear fruit, the fruit of the Spirit in every season and your leaf will never wither and whatever you touch will prosper. Paul says, after you have gone to the cross and crucified those old passions and desires and that old againstness 
that is the way of the spirit of the age. Paul says you begin to be free and then you start to get planted. Allow yourself to be rooted in the spirit of Jesus through prayer. Wake up in the morning and give those people over to the Lord. Lord, bless them. Lord, bless them. Lord, bless them. Lord, bless them. Five years ago, I wanted you to curse them and that was just where I was. But Lord, you're doing a work in my heart and I pray somehow, some way that you'd be good to them and I pray you'd even reel them back in with your love and draw them in so that one day, if and when we bump into each other and when we spend eternity in the kingdom to come, together, we'd be able to look each other in the eyes and go, you good? You good? Pray for them. Meditate on scriptures. Give them over to Jesus. Allow yourself to be rooted in the spirit of Jesus. And now I'll ask this final question. What's the result of living by the spirit? Last week, we ended the talk by saying that the Holy Spirit awakens the Abba cry, Abba, Father, right? When the Spirit gets deep down in us, the Spirit of Jesus, the Son, we start calling on the Father. Jesus, the Son, always calls on the Father. So when the Spirit of Jesus gets in us, we say Abba, Father, right? That's how we ended the talk, but Paul won't let us stop there. I wish he would. I wish he'd let us be individuals just calling on the Father, but Paul won't stop there. He takes it a step further. I wanna say that the same spirit that teaches us to cry, Abba, Father, will also teach us to cry, sister and brother. Remember, the fruit of the spirit is about making a community, remaking the world, healing broken divisions and dissensions and, and, and racial reconciliation. The Spirit is, is the one who wants to bring all of us back together. And so when the Spirit gets down in us, yes, we cry, Abba, Father, but before long, we start crying, Sister and Brother. We start blessing those who curse us. We start looking others in the eye. We start defer, deferring and, and, and pouring ourselves out just like Jesus. When the spirit gets in us, we cry. Sister and brother, Paul is inviting us to become a new humanity born of Jesus, the Messiah. Only Jesus can do this work deep in us. Only the spirit of Jesus can heal us. Only the spirit of Jesus can make us new. Don't ever forget that this is the Holy Spirit of Jesus. And what do we see in Jesus? Jesus walks into a purity culture bent on destroying the unclean. And what does he do? He kisses the leper. <laughs> hey, hey, there's this huge crowd here following me around because they know I give good bread and, I, I, and fish. You know, I do miracles and I'm healing people and all this. But there's this one guy out there on the outside of the society that no one will even make eye contact with because he's unclean. He's the leper. He's the one that, he's the untouchable and he, and he wants to be a part of the party, but no one will let him. And Jesus breaks through the crowd and he goes over. I imagine him picking that guy up and going, kissing his face. <gasps> Jesus, in a purity culture, bent on keeping all the wrong people out, he walks out to the fringes and kisses the leper on the face. The spirit of Jesus, when he gets into us, we become a new humanity. This is what the new humanity looks like. Jesus sees the mob foaming at the mouth and he approaches the adulteress with mercy. This is what the new humanity looks like. Jesus, you've heard it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. 
that guy did that to me and I want to get him back. And the law says lex talionis that I can, a one for one equation, I can trade a blow because he, he struck my life down. And Jesus said, yeah, you've heard that it was said, but I tell you, turn the other cheek and go the extra mile and bless those that curse you and pray for those who despitefully use you. And when Jesus says this, what you see in him is you see the new humanity being birthed in the world and his spirit gets deep down in us and we become the new humanity. Jesus stands before Pontius Pilate and he refuses to jockey for power. This is what the new humanity looks like. Jesus stands before his false accusers and he's not defensive. <laughs> I would have gone, that's not true. Let me, let me get the last word and let me tell you the truth about my story. You guys are misrepresenting me. I would be, I would be a terrible savior. I'd be sticking it to people right and left. Jesus is there getting ready to be hung up on a Roman cross by the religious leaders of his society and he's not defensive. This is what the new humanity looks like. Jesus is hung on a tree and instead of saying, damn you all to hell, what does he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And friends, this is what the new humanity looks like. In his last hours before creating a new humanity, we see Jesus feeding his betrayer. In his last hours before creating a new humanity, we see Jesus dining with his denier. Peter, hours later, is gonna go, I've never met the man. And Jesus feeds him. This is what the new humanity looks like. In his last hours before creating a new humanity, we see Jesus caring for the doubter. This is what the new humanity looks like, friends. How much longer do we want to try to do it our own way? Jesus on the cross goes, this works. Feels like death, looks like death, smells like death, costly like death. This is resurrection life. Just hang on. Hang with me. Wait, wait through Holy Saturday and wait for Sunday. I'll show you what this ends up in. Here we are, we're... And Jesus goes... Are you ready? I want to show you this picture. I told you the story many weeks ago, but it was in a different context. It was a funny story. I want to tell you the deeper layers of this story. This is a guy named Mincaye from Ecuador, right on the Amazon River. He recently passed. He lived to be 91. 13 kids, 50 grandchildren. Minkaye means wasp. Uh, that's Steve Saint next to him. Steve Saint's dad was a student at Wheaton College with five other or four other men who went to Wheaton College and they just came alive with evangelistic zeal. We've got to tell the nations about this one Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And there they were hearing about all these unreached people groups. 
And they heard about this unreached people group, the Akas, the Aka Indians down in Ecuador. And they, they were living, and I'm not being silly here when I say this, they were living a Stone Age existence. They didn't know about the outside world. No one had come to their tribe. They, they were all to themselves. And then these five white guys come in on this little plane and they're dropping in food and dropping in nice little pamphlets in their language, trying like, we come in peace. And so they come down finally a few days later and they land on this little strip on the Amazon River. And, and, and long story short, these guys, the Aka Indians go out and kill these, they spear these five Wheaton College grads, spear them to death, send them down the Amazon River. You're not welcome here. Little Steve Saint, his dad Nate Saint was killed that day and Minkaye killed his dad. Steve Saint's got his arm around his father's murderer. Steve Saint, just a couple years after this, the, the Holy Spirit got the Aka Indians, just pierced their hearts. They'd pierced these men, but the Holy Spirit then pierced their hearts with the gospel. And Steve Saint and his mom, Elizabeth Saint, and, and siblings, they moved down and he grew up with the Aka Indians. And Minkaye became his adopted father. The man who killed his biological father becomes his adoptive father. Minkaye died at 91 years old and at his funeral, Steve said this, Steve, about his adopted father. He said, we traveled together, ate together, shared the same room and spoke together. I have known Minkaye since I was a little boy when he took me under his wing and had his sons teach me how to hunt with a blowgun. He was one of my dearest friends in the world. Yes, he killed my father, but he loved me and my family. One of my grandsons is named Minkaye. We will miss you, my, my Minkaye, but we hold on to the certain hope that we will soon see you again. What? Are you serious? In the flesh, but not by the Spirit. When you get the Holy Spirit in you, when you, when you crucify those passions and desires on the cross, because you know Steve wanted revenge. You, you took my dad when I was a six-year-old boy. What's wrong with you? And then he stands 60 years later at Minkai's funeral and says, I love you and I'll see you again. That's the spirit of the living Lord Jesus. That's the fruit of the spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. What does it take to have a man kill your father and then decades later you have a grandson named Minkaye. Only the work of the Holy Spirit. And friends, they are practicing what eternity is like right now. 
And I'm saying, Paul says, the invitation is, you can become a new humanity right now. You can pull God's glorious future into the inglorious present. You don't have to wait for heaven. You can crucify all of that stuff, and you can say, come Holy Spirit, and then you can confound the world with a different way of being. And I'm just here to say, it's not working the way we're trying to do it. And everything is on the table for us. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, and as you do, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control will mark your life, and the world will be able to taste it because fruit is for eating. Friends, this is the kind of life that is on the table for us. This is the kind of life that we have been called to, and this is the only life that works for eternity. Can we say yes to this tonight? Stand with me tonight. Would you get your communion elements? If you don't have communion elements, our team will walk around and bring extras. So just raise your hand if that's you. But this is the new humanity. This is the new humanity. It's available for us tonight. It's available for us tonight. We've got people here in the back. This is the right thing to do here tonight because Paul says, get the spirit of Jesus in you. And so tonight, as we come to the table of the Lord, we're saying, spirit of Jesus, fill us. Spirit of Jesus, change us. Spirit of Jesus, help us to be kind to Judas. <laughs> spirit of Jesus, help us to be gracious to Peter. <laughs> Help us to be kind and gentle to Thomas with all of his questions. Jesus, we are not like this on our own, but if you will feed us tonight, we'll be different. If you will give us drink tonight, we'll be changed. Friends, tonight as we come to the table of the Lord, we're asking for the spirit of Jesus to give us a total overhaul. And so would you just begin to invite the work of the spirit? Say, come Holy Spirit. Heal me tonight. Forgive me tonight. Renew me tonight. Help me to forgive tonight. <laughs> Maybe tonight what you need to do is just turn those people over to the Lord all over again. The people that come to your mind, just, just Jesus, they're yours. Jesus, they're yours. Jesus, they're yours. Jesus, be merciful to them as you've been merciful to me. I know it hurts. I know it's costly. I'm not saying this is easy, but I am saying that it will end in freedom. So Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. Would you crack that little wafer there? And Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. The way of brokenness is the way of healing. This is my body which is broken for you and as often as you do this, says Jesus, do this for the remembrance of me. So Jesus, we receive from you tonight. You may receive the bread. On the same night, Jesus took the cup of wine. 
And he said, this cup is the new covenant given in my blood, and it's given for the remission of your sins. He's (laughs) pre-forgiving. Hey, Judas. Hey, Peter. Hey, Thomas. This is given for the remission of your sins. It's given for the remission of our sins tonight. Jesus says, as often as you drink this cup, do this for the remembrance of me. Friends, your sins have been forgiven you. You may receive the cup. And now let's worship the Lord Jesus together. I give myself away. give myself away so you can use me I give myself away it's just a simple chorus can you lift your hands and surrender here I give myself away so you so you can use me I give myself away
singing that the Lord told me to tell some of you that what they did to you wasn't okay. Very often in the forgiveness conversation we go, oh, you know, for no, the Lord wants you to also know what they did to you was not okay. It wasn't okay. And so tonight, Lord, I pray that the balm of your spirit would heal every wound, every violation, Lord, every moment of offense, every deep and dark hurt. Would you heal? Would you restore? prophet said that what the enemy stole like like the canker worm and the locust that God will give it back seven times <laughs> I'm asking for restoration for what was lost Lord I'm asking for abundance for what was taken Lord resupply your people and do it exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond all we could ask or think or hope for or imagine And Lord, what I know has happened tonight 
is that your people got freedom back. Your people got freedom back. The sinful nature has been driven into the grave, nailed to the cross, and now the Spirit lives. So, Lord, for my friends tonight, I pray bless them and keep them and make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. Lord, lift your bright, smiling countenance upon them and grant them peace tonight, I pray, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Can we give the Lord thanks for what he's done here tonight? Yeah! Yeah! (laughs) I want to invite our prayer team to come down. Uh, Yes, uh, yes. One day, D, one day we'll do it. One day, we're so close. Hey, I want to invite our prayer team to come down. We would love to pray with any and all of you who have further prayer needs. If you want to get signed up for CityServe, you can do that at the back. Remember, we've got the Bible crash course this week starting Tuesday with Pastor Brett. Go from here in God's grace and peace. Much love.